Welcome to the She Speaks Podcast. I am your host, Shanika, but for this forum, you can call me Neek or Sis. This is a show for women that discusses real life topics to let you know that you are not alone on this journey called life. And while we're taking this journey, I'm also encouraging you to embrace the concept of true sisterhood. Are you ready, sis? Let's go. Hey, sis. I'm excited about this dope soul that I have the pleasure of sitting down with today. As always, I love being able to sit and talk with other women who are doing dope things in the community. However, today's interview is different. I cannot wait for you to hear the story of my dear friend and Air Force mom, Michelle. Michelle and I have known each other since my first duty station. (laughs) For those of y'all that don't know, (laughs) 1999, your girl came in the Air Force. And a few years later, that is where I met Michelle. Uh, She is a a chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force. E9, for those of you that are not familiar with the Air Force rank structure, and she's a wife and one of many siblings. (laughs) So, Michelle, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to allow me to interview you for She Speaks. Thank you, Neek. I appreciate it. I'm excited about the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. So Michelle and I met while we were stationed together at Moody Air Force Base, Georgia, almost 20 years ago. Uh, We met through a mutual friend and were in the same organization. We have been in each other's lives ever since. We have been there for each other through various stages of our lives, and no matter the distance, we always kept in touch. She has seen me grow from the little tomboy who was from a small town in Georgia to a married woman with two children and a pretty decent Air Force career. So Michelle, for the people who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you agreed to come on the podcast? So as Nick said, I'm Michelle Castro. I don't mind saying my last name. Um, So uh, I've been in Air Force for about 25 years and I'm from a small rural town in Alabama, Atmore, Alabama to be exact. And um, I'm currently stationed at Maxwell Air Force Base. I have a very large family. <laughs> I have nine siblings um, who are kind of all over, all over the country. But um, we have lately been talking on Zoom once a week on Saturdays, which has been really, really amazing. <laughs> and um, I have three stepdaughters who are in Canada with two beautiful grandkids. And then my husband, Richard. Um, who is the light of my life, even though he can be a pain sometimes, but he is the light of my life. And um, um, I guess that's about and why I agreed to do this is, well, one, I love Neek and I'm so, so freaking proud of her and what she's accomplishing, what she's doing with her podcast and what she speaks is just, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, I, I always talk about just speaking your truth and I've been saying that a lot to other people. And I was like, you know what? It's time that I speak my truth. So that's one of the main reasons. Oh, yay. I'm excited. I get to be one of the platforms to help you speak your truth. And that means so much to me because we have been around each other forever. And 
I don't know. It's just really humbling to be able to help you tell your story because it's amazing, but we will get into that in a minute. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about your life journey. And when I asked you what you wanted to talk about, you gave me the freedom to pick anything. So today we're going to talk about your life journey and how God has had his hand in your life the entire time. So I wanted to talk about this because, of course, your story is amazing. And for those of you that that don't know your story, on the surface, they would probably think that you have walked an easy path. Um, If you don't mind, I would like to go in the direction of triumph and just being able to overcome life's obstacles. So let's begin. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, we met each other years ago and um, we met through a mutual friend and we connected on a level where I felt um, we both needed each other at the time because I was just figuring out who I was. It was my first time being away from uh, my family, being on my own. And in a way, you were a mother figure, even though you're really not that much older than me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just the fact that you're just so um, caring and compassionate and you really love taking care of people. And I think that's what I gravitated to because even in your journey and your story, you were still a light for other people. And I was one of those people. So where do we begin, (laughs) ma'am? Yeah, we could start back when I was 12. I mean, we could start. I don't know if people want to go that far back. I don't know. Um, you know, and and I think I'm gonna go. I don't think I'm gonna go a little further back into you know growing up in, in Atmore, Alabama, and um, and my my parents and and my great grandmother and and all those things. I know Nick has heard a lot of this before, but um, you know when I was when I was 12, my great grandmother was um, raped and and murdered. Um, which really kind of like, I want to say changed the course of my life at that point, because I kind of lost faith. Um, I lost faith in God and um, yeah, I was very close to my great grandmother and um, went to church with her every Sunday. And it was just devastating that I couldn't understand. I couldn't grasp, you know, why would God allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, as, as African-Americans, we don't talk about that stuff in our household. We didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about the event. So it was just kind of like, um, I never got to express that. So I think, even though I was a, a very, um, I don't know, on the outside, I looked very put together as a kid, you know, and through high school and I did all the things that high school was supposed to, supposed to do, you know, yeah. um, but I still was dealing with that. And then um, went into an abusive relationship while I was in college. And then my parents, you know, my mom died. And so it was just, I was a hot mess. <laughs> and so by the time I met, I met Neek, I was like a half of a hot mess. <laughs> um, but I, I always, no matter what I was going through or what um, my life was like, I always, always just 
care for people. Like, no matter what, I'm going to always be kind. Mm -hmm. um, I may have been kind to myself, but I was always going to be kind to people. And I was always going to look out for, for anyone I came in contact with. I want to make sure they were good, even though I wasn't making sure I, myself, you know, that was good. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's probably about the time I met um, Shanika. I was coming off. Um, <laughs> this is going to be probably the first time I've said this in public outside of my family. Uh, anyone who's very, very close friends with me. So um, I had a marriage very early. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Um, after my mom died. <laughs> um, and then um, a second marriage and a divorce. So when I met Nika, I was going into marriage um, number three. Mm -hmm. So first time I've actually said that out loud for people who don't know that about me. Um, <laughs> you're hearing it today. Nothing to be ashamed of. I used to be ashamed of that. I've gotten rid of all that. Yeah. But um, going into marriage number three and just really still trying to figure out who I was as a person, as a woman, and definitely didn't know who I was as a wife. <laughs> so I was still um, growing um, by the time I, I came into knowing Shanika. And she was just that light that I needed. And I think um, it was not for her. I probably, I'm not sure where I would be, but having her um, in my life during that time was godsend. Oh. It's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> we said this was going to happen. <laughs> so I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever knew that because I was, I was young. I was running around just living life um, and y'all I never knew that ever <laughs> sorry y'all this is unscripted uh, <laughs> this is probably one of the most in-depth um, interviews we're gonna have so oh man okay so uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't think I would have survived during that time without you. It's funny because you know, my, everybody in my family knows who Shanika is. <laughs> yes. She's family. She's family. And um, Lord knows that um, he puts pe people in your lives when you need them. And oh, if I didn't have her, um, even so. Let me just put, even as she says she was young, but, you know, even as a, as a young airman or she was very wise and she, as anybody who knows, you know, she does not hold back her tongue. <laughs> and, um, and her honesty during that time with me really helped me to um, get out of the situation that I was in because mm -hmm. she, um, you know, because of her, I was like, I, I don't want her to think that, you know, that this is what it's supposed to be like, that this is what marriage is supposed to be like, or this is how you're supposed to be as a strong black woman. And, mm -hmm. um, and so she kind of told me that <laughs> anyway, you know, she would tell me in, in, in certain ways. So she really helped me to um, get the courage to just um, move on from that relationship. Oh, man. So 
<laughs> one uh thank you for that y'all my mouth was reckless back then um she speaks would not have survived <laughs> back in those days but um i thank god for grace and growth and um i do thank you for michelle for being there um uh, because just as much as you say i i was there for you you were there for me. Like I said, I was just getting to know who I was and learning to accept who I was and, you know, transitioning from the tomboy, from, you know, the backwoods and those different things. Um, it just really meant a lot to have you there because I grew from, like I said, the little tomboy to a young lady and you were my example because you were different, right? Like, you were domesticated, but yet still dope at the same time. Like, and I can, I think of it just based off of the fact that you were, uh, you did have a big family and you learned all these different things. And I learned so much from you in that time. Um, just the self, I know you say you didn't take care, you would take care of everyone else and not think about yourself. But I learned how to dress. I learned how to <laughs> just be a young lady, right? And I will forever be grateful for that because, of course, my mom taught me those things too, but she wasn't there. She was, you know, a few hours away and you were. So even in your dark moments, I thank you for being the light to help guide me into what a young lady should be um, in your early 20s. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, it's interesting you, you say that. Because, like, you know, even like I said, I was going through this dark period of my life. Mm -hmm. um, the the outer, you have never known that, right? Right. Um, and so I think that's something that we do, like, even my and my family thing, we were we were taught like whatever was going on, you were still gonna be put together. Right. Um, my aunt Carolyn, I'm gonna give my Carolyn a shout out here. My aunt <laughs> Carolyn <laughs> was really really um, instrumental, I think, in all of our lives, especially you know my sisters and my brothers, and mm -hmm. and she really um, taught us this thing, of, you know, of having these big parties or these brunches. You know, we're from Atmore, Alabama. And my aunt's throwing brunches. And we yeah. got dressed up for them, and you know, um, it was proper etiquette. And so, mm -hmm. I think that has always stuck with me. And then, you know, when I was with you um, working protocol, yeah, and those opportunities, and I'd come back to like, oh, I got to teach everybody what I just learned. Right. Um, so, <laughs> and you know, I love some clothes. <laughs> Interesting. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> not during COVID, but um, <laughs> during that time, yeah, I was like, we were always dressing up um and so yeah so I, I i gotta give my aunt credit for just um imparting in us that that ability to just learn something new right. and step outside of the boundaries of, of what people think is the norm right. and so even though um i may have not felt good or um i was always gonna make sure i look good So let's talk about that, right? Because that does happen a lot in the African-American community, right? Um, from your house, and I mean family issues, 
may be a hot mess, but when we get out here, we we got it together, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, just having it all together on the outside and not on the inside. So once you broke from that relationship and found that confidence to leave and do these different, like what did that look like for you as you started this journey? Man, life-changing. I mean, of course it was life-changing, but you know, it's yeah. like huge momentous. Um doing the things that finally that I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, and just being happy. Like I've, I've always been very um, competitive and, and goal oriented and yeah. I got to get there. I got this. And so I had this thing in my brain that certain things were supposed to happen. This is the way it's supposed to go. And, um, you know, went through Hurricane Katrina, um, while stationed at Keesler. And then, yeah. you know, just that, that moment, I'm going to, I'm going to hit on that one just a little bit. Cause I think that that moment really changed my life a lot too, was, um, you know, I'm, I'm out of this marriage. I'm in a good place. I'm, you know, a general's exec and just, yeah. you know, life life was good i will say that you know i had just had the house filled and yeah everything was was going well i mean like god really blessed me with this with this house now that's a whole nother story as to how i came about even getting this house but um you know i can remember doing during um hurricane katrina like we're in the height of the storm and the basement's flooded and there's water up to my my um hips up to my chest just like oh my god like in this moment am I going to die? Right. Right. And so my chief at the time was like, Hey, you can't swim, go upstairs and, you know, help people get situated. And so I remember looking over the stairwell and just seeing the water and thinking, all right, Lord, well, I guess this is it. This is what you have. And this is how I'm going to go. So I, you know, I prayed and then, um, you know, we survived Katrina with a, a tough time afterwards. But after that, it was like, you get a new <laughs> look at life. Okay. So it, it changes things. And, um, you know, I got the assignment to Japan and um, and then I met Richard. Well, how did I meet Richard? It's a little, um, a little different. So we, we met on eHarmony. <laughs> and I'll say so in that, in that time, like mm-hmm. I, I decided, you know, <laughs> obviously, Lord, I'm not good at picking people for myself. <laughs> I'm not really good at this thing. <laughs> I might be good at other things, but this one is not it. <laughs> so I um, I literally like just open up and I, I prayed and I was like, well, God, I'm not, I'm not going to put a, a, you know, what I want them to 510 or whatever, or like, any of these stipulations just what you have for me is for me and I'm gonna know when you send this person to me mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna argue Lord <laughs> I'm gonna receive I don't care what what you send I'm you know it's, you you you're making this decision for me and so um I, I in the middle of the night um I was just led to get on eHarmony you know it sounds weird but I was led to get on eHarmony and I went through that process and um, Richard was my first match. And so at first I was like, all right, Lord, Canadian, how would I like to talk to her? <laughs> like, I know I said. I said it, but okay. All right, Lord, this is what you have for me. 
Right. <laughs> so that was the beginning of the Richard and Michelle story. <laughs> so Michelle, let's talk about that because that that is a crazy amount of faith to have to go through number one, go through number two, go through number three, and then say, okay, God, you know what? I'm, it's all yours. Like how, and I'm asking because that, sometimes I don't even have enough faith to be like, okay, Lord, I know we, this, I, I, I trust you for this. Like this is a whole relationship, whole mm-hmm. marriage. You are over here in Asia this is a whole different way of finding your significant other or being led to your significant other. What, what did that faith journey look like, ma'am? <laughs> I, I, people need to know. <laughs> you know, it was a little bumpy. No, I'm kidding. no I'll, I'll say, honestly, I had like, I did have that, that wavering moment, you know, very, and I'll be honest, it was very, very short, but there was, um, some of that, honestly, that I don't really, I didn't talk to a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I was like led to be like, you know, I met this person on eHarmony. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Richard was, had just turned 50 at the time, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He had just turned 50. And I was like, well, you know, he's like 12 years older mm-hmm. and he's Canadian. And, and, you know, I'm like him and Holland. And she was like, well, do you like him? Is he kind? And I said, yes. And she was like, well, okay then. <laughs> and that was all she said. And I was like, okay. You know, because I think um, once again, I was <laughs> going back to that um, what people, so I think I got into other situations because I wanted to get that image of what of what other, what other people um, would see or what who they thought I was supposed to be with or and and I was like, you know what? I don't care about that. I just want to be happy and in a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's how I, I held on to that faith because I was like, all right, Lord, if this is what you're directing, and you've sent this other person to be like, why are you worried about what other people think? Right. Um, so that kept me on on the on the straight and narrow. <laughs> During that time of eHarmony. <laughs> okay, so that that is amazing. Like, it, and I, I say it's amazing because you said, okay, Lord, here you go. And then it's like, as soon as you gave it to him, it was like, boom. It didn't take a whole lot of time. It wasn't, you didn't have to search like, uh, is that you, Lord? <laughs> My first match. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. So, so let's talk about this this journey with you and Mr. Castro. Just like you meet on eHarmony, and I remember the ceremony. It was very beautiful, yet simple and still elegant. And now years later, and a few assignments later. <laughs> yes. Oof, let's see how <laughs> Yes. Well... Um, so yeah, so we, um, I went to actually my sister's retirement ceremony in DC. Mm-hmm. And so Richard was like, I'm going to meet you 
there and he's I'm flying in from Canada. I'm going to meet you. This is going to be our first time meeting in person versus, you know, Skype and phone. And so, um, you know, he was there. <laughs> I he was there and he was ready and, and, and waiting and came to the, the door. You know, my aunt was there and my sisters and he came with flowers and chocolates and he, he, yeah, he, you know, he was very debonair and <laughs> very suave. That's just, you know, that's how he was. And so um, we, we um, you know, we got to know each other, like during that time while I was home from Japan and, um, and it was just kind of cool. I think the family got to know him. And so, um, yeah, he proposed on that that visit. <laughs> yes, I I wasn't expecting it, uh-huh. but yeah, he proposed and and I prayed and I was like, all right, Lord, I'm good with this. It wasn't you know any hemming and hawing. I I knew, um, you know, we finally got to meet in person, and I was like, I know that this is the person for me. That is amazing. <laughs> so ladies, those of you ladies that are listening out there, it is possible to find your final journey partner. Yes. In unconventional ways. And you know, and the fact that um, you know, it was old school too, because he was like, you know, who do I need to call before? I ask. So he called my aunt to get permission. He <laughs> called my brother to get permission uh-huh. before he proposed. So okay, Mr. Castro. Like, all right. <laughs> I'm here for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is amazing. Like I love it. I love every minute of it. It's just it's just so simple, right? Like and now the reason why I get so excited about it because, you know, we've been there where we're searching and sometimes we're making it harder than it needs to be. And then when it's, it just falls in your lap, per se, it's just like, man, that was, I had to go through all of this. <laughs> <laughs> but like we talked about earlier, we probably wouldn't have appreciated what we have now had we not gone through those different trials and journeys and what have you oh yeah i would not have appreciated richard you know probably five years or 10 years before that before i met him because i you know i don't know it was like you know it's what you need but it's not what you want yeah (laughs) and so i probably wouldn't appreciate it the 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 whole you know courting thing as he called it because he had to court me and you know he had his plan on how to court me and how what that involved and um and so he he pretty much just swept me off my feet i'll say that like every step of the way i mean there was flowers there was you know gifts not that those things are important but it's the fact that he um i don't know he listened probably more than anyone that i'd ever met like he just wanted to know me and he could get things about me that probably nobody else could. Right. You know, and even 
when we talk about this whole thing of, um, you know, the past, mm -hmm. um, he was like, write it all down on a piece of paper, write all, all the things that you feel like you're, you're ashamed of, or you, you know, and so I wrote it all down and, and he got a bowl and he um, put the paper in the bowl and lit a match and he was like, it's gone, never to be thought of again. Oh. So, yeah, just those moments of, were just life changing for me. That is amazing. So, throughout this journey, right, we've had some, you know, different experiences. And of course, you know, you being active duty and having to move and do all these different things and all these different commitments. And of course, you're just amazing anyway, so I'm pretty sure people are tugging at you in all of these different areas. And if you don't mind, I would like to talk about um, the life change between uh, you and Mr. Castro mm -hmm. uh, when he got sick. And then how you've still been able to see God in that mm -hmm. and how you just keep going every day, if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's a lot of things that people, that side that people don't get to see, right? So, you know, um, they get to see this, this, you know, Michelle goes to work and Michelle's all, hey, the chief that's running from here to here and making sure everybody's taken care of. Um, but so, so Richard, um, I'll, I'll take a little bit back. So when I met Richard, um, in 2009, he had completely recovered from, um, a massive stroke he'd had in 2005. So if you met him in 2009, you would never know he'd ever had a stroke. Right. So he had learned to rewrite, do all these things over again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just, it was phenomenal. Right. And so, um, into probably our first year and a half marriage, Richard had his second stroke. Mm -hmm. Another pretty massive stroke, um, out of the blue, unexpected. And so um, that was that was huge. Right. Um, and so we we went through through the process of um, having to go through therapy. Um, mm -hmm. learning how to, to speak again and, and all those things. And I'm not going to lie, it was hard. Right. So get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but he, I think for me during that time, like my focus, like I said, it had always been about um, my career and, and growing. And, and mm -hmm. so at that time I was um, um, trying to get promoted for senior. See my sergeant, and Richard had the stroke right about the time that um, I would have been getting ready to test, and so he was in the hospital and he's not able to communicate with me, right? Mm -hmm. Other than writing things down, it's very odd. Like the way the brain works and mm -hmm. um, that traumatic brain injury, he couldn't speak it, but he could write it. Right. So that's how we were communicating. I mean, I have these stacks of papers of that's how we talked right to each other but um he had wrote down um why are you here and i was like what do you mean why am i here well that's what i'd be 
Mm-hmm. He was like, shouldn't you be studying? And um, I was like, what? So I'm thinking like, for him to be going through this and he's concerned about me and I, I had to realize like, so did I make this, I make this thing of being promoted so important in my life right? Um, that it overshadowed like what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want that. I don't want that to be the focus of my life. And so I was like, nope, you know, Lord, if I get promoted, I get promoted. If I don't, I don't. Right. And so um, I just focused on taking care of him. And and um, his parents came in from Canada and, and helped out. And then during that time, I, you know, I took some time to study and, and um, tested for senior. And during that time, I made senior. Um, which is very ironic, but <laughs> I, um, it's really weird when you, when you, um, kind of put things that you think are so important, it's like, let's, let's level the playing field. Like you can't make something that is so important that it consumes you. And I think that's how I felt because I didn't want people to think that I wasn't capable of doing it or maybe I'm less because I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but Richard was my focus and Richard getting better was my focus. So, um, I think it actually made the, just going through that, that second stroke made our relationship even stronger. Mm-hmm. And that was stroke number two, right? And then right. there was stroke number three. <laughs> right. And number three he had while he was in Canada visiting his parents and um, which is, you know, I'm here in the U.S. and he's in Canada um, in the fact that he knew when he was getting ready to have a stroke that he had the ability to he was driving um to pull over and call 911 right so you know luckily that one kind of affected his sight a bit mm-hmm. uh, but wasn't as um severe as the other right so we get through that one <laughs> and um you know it seems like we'll get through them and then life is good and we'll go back on and you know, I, and I'll be honest, if I'm being true, I, I noticed that there were some quirks and changes that were happening with in his personality, right? But wasn't sure what it was. Um, and then stroke number four came, Ooh. and that was um, that one. I was there for. He had it in his sleep. And so I, um, it was, it's very, it's, I say it, it was God, Holy Spirit, wherever, however you want to put it, but um, that woke me because it, it was like I was dreaming that Richard was trying to wake me. <laughs> and then I woke up and I looked over and he was, he was having, having a stroke. Mm. And um, that one took a, a major toll. Um, that one was probably the one that caused the most damage. Mm-hmm. And he had a more difficult time recovering because now the brain, um, he had been hitting the right frontal lobe. So that affected a lot of things. Right. So where he was, you know, these others, he had bounced back a little bit quicker. These were not. He had to go into rehab mm-hmm. for a while. I had to wind up um, putting him into a, a day center for adults just so I could go to work. And, yeah. um hmm. So um, just, I mean, it, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and 
and that's when um, I think my role changed. So, you know, we had this carefree life where we were traveling and doing all these things. And, um, and then I became a caregiver. Right. Um, and so I don't, I say this to people when I talk about marriage and when you say, when you make that vow, mm-hmm. um, you, you have to know what you're saying. You have to know what you're doing because we don't think it's going to happen. We don't know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, um, cause I'm gonna put a little humanist cause you know, I'll fight anybody over Richard, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to make sure he gets the care that he needs. Right. I'm going to make sure he's taken care of. I'm not going to let anybody mess with him. And, you know, he's gone through some things like, you know, people who can't understand when he's trying to speak because of the aphasia or he says the wrong words or, you know, I keep my, I'm I'm like constantly, like if I don't, I've never had kids or gave birth, Mm -hmm. but I'm protective of him. I keep my child. Right. I'll put it in that sense. Um, So people have accused him of being drunk or high, um, you know, because of, of him not being able to, to get the words out. Right. And, um, and, and so along with that, um, he was diagnosed with a stroke induced bipolar. So we have had to navigate a lot of things, right. um, during this period, but it doesn't, um, I don't know, it doesn't change the love. Um, it changes, I think, um, how I had to take on life. And and I'm just be straight up honest. It is not easy. <laughs> you know, everything that I do, um, I have to do it with Richard and mine. I, I have an amazing family. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this without them. Yeah. You know, um, when I'm TDY or, or whatever, my family steps in. Um, you know, my sister's here with us. And so if I have to travel, she's here to help take care of Richard or be there with him. Right. Um, so thank you, family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, um, family, thank you. Yes, I could not, I could not um, do any of this without them. And I can't even imagine, you know, and, I, and often I'll put myself in Richard's shoes and say, I don't even know, like, could I, how would I handle this? How would I handle the fact that I was this doctor and practicing and, I mean, Richard was very active and outgoing and he was like, he, he owned a room when he walked right. into it. And so um, I always put myself in his shoes and I can't even imagine how I would handle it if it was me. Right. So I feel like I just did a lot of talking. So. No, 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 that's fine because this is you right telling your story and reliving those moments and it's just i appreciate the fact that you're so transparent because this is the life that you live outside of your uniform right and you know um when you walk in a room people light up because you're just that face right but i also want other women to know that they're not alone right in their journeys and we have these phases where sometimes it's not great but we're still strong enough to get over those things and work through those things and 
I always talk about community and how important that is, right? And you have your family. And with all of this, Michelle, what does Michelle do for self-care or just to take care of Michelle? Like, I know you got a hiding spot somewhere. I know you like to cook and all of those different <laughs> things. So wait, let's, let's talk about how Michelle takes care of Michelle, whether it's karaoke in the car, <laughs> your time, your quiet time with God, you know, and you, you, your poetry and all of those different things. Um, what do you do to take care of you? So, you know me, I'm, I'm a workout fanatic. Yes. Every um, morning, same time, y'all, she's posting. <laughs> get up and get moving on the weekend. She probably done ran like 50 miles. Got a smile on her face and like, all right, hugs. <laughs> but it's beautiful to see though, because that is what keeps you moving. Yeah. So yeah, I have to, you know, um, I feel like those moments um, that I have for me, I, I have to have them. And I think probably I should take more of those moments. I don't think I take enough of those moments, but um, working out, that's my big thing. Um, my, my morning runs and um those runs on Saturday, it's kind of like my time with me, you know, me and God, where I can kind of just talk to, to God and, and um, talk about the week, talk about, you know, the fact that Richard leaves water running and it drives me insane. Richard leaves <laughs> lights on and it drives me insane. Like, <laughs> all these things. And then it, it gives me back a perspective, like, hey, it's not that bad. It's, it's right. not that bad at all. You guys are very blessed. So, you know, um, Cooking is the other. Cooking and baking. I love, love, love cooking. It's my 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 Zen time on Saturday or Sunday mornings now, especially um, mm -hmm. since we're doing church online. Yeah, I get up and I bake a, a different pastry every <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I usually eat one and then I don't touch them anymore. So it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> but it, it's that it's that quiet time on Sunday morning. Um, I just turn on the lights and turn the oven on and I, I bake and I just reflect and it's, it gets me ready for the rest of the week. And just, um, so you talk about my, my time in the car, but my time in the car is usually on the phone. So my sister Rita mm -hmm. and my nephew, Joshua <laughs> on the drive to work every morning, um, we talk. And it's like, by the time I get to work, I focus. And I can I can have those moments of venting yeah. <laughs> about whatever that may have happened the night before. Um, and then on the drive home, I talk to her. So by the time I get here, yeah. you know, because I'll put it in perspective for you, right? Mm -hmm. So if you had a bad day or Neil had a bad day, you guys can come home and you can talk about it. Yeah. I have a bad day. Richard's not going to understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So he's not going to get the conversation. He's not going to understand, you know, what happened. Because I spent 20 minutes trying to explain to him that I was going to do a podcast with you tonight. <laughs> but after I wrote it down, he got it. Okay. Um, but so those moments with my sister mm -hmm. um, on the drive to work and the drive home. By the time I get here, you know what? My focus is making sure Richard's taking care of yeah. how, you know, how, how his day go. Yeah. Um, so we've incorporated FaceTiming um, during the day, which actually is good for both of us. Right. <laughs> so now I'm not as worried. 
um, yeah. I get to uh, FaceTime with them, you know, and so that helps out. So, but um, totally off topic, but yeah, so baking, um, that drive to work, talking to my sister in the car, working out, those are the, the, the me time that I do to kind of just get myself taken care of. And I think we all have to do that. We all have to have those, those moments, whatever they may be. What if you, you know, whether you're a caregiver or you got the kids at home or whatever, you have to give some, get yourself some me time. Yes. So now I know I see pastries. (laughs) (laughs) That me time going on. Because I know I do see your workout um, post and stuff and I'm like, here she go. Um, And then on the weekends, I'm like, yo, like, how does she before anybody is like and you know I get up early and by the time I see your post I'm like man she didn't ran five miles and here I am thinking about getting up <laughs> and doing something so I am truly excited that you have been able to you know find that me time um be able to talk to Rena and Joshua you know on the way into work and um on the way home and I'm and let me say Cecil too, because you know if I don't say Cecil, oh, yeah, Cecil. Rita Joshua and Cecil, <laughs> I won't be able to go back to Virginia. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, and I'm and I'm really excited that you're able to have those outlets, Michelle, because I know you. Like you will give, 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 and take care of people, and you probably got a whole bunch of Air Force children that I don't even know about, but she was my mom first, just so y'all know. <laughs> first child, but yes, I love my Air Force babies. I'm so proud of all of them, too. I love yes. all my babies. So thank you for sharing that, because I, as always, you know, we know self-care is important, and sometimes there's that guilt, you know, no matter what your situation is, whether you're a mom, wife, sister, caregiver, you know, just whatever your role is, sometimes we feel guilty about doing that. And the fact that you're able to find those quiet moments for yourself, I do thank you for sharing that. So, man, this, we have gone down memory lane. Yes. Um, We have talked about all of the major things that have happened. So, as we start to kind of wrap up, For the young lady or woman who may be listening and trying to figure out how to get to the other side of maybe that mountain or that struggle, what words of encouragement do you have for them? Man, just have faith. You know, when I think about the other side of it, right? You know, these things that that I've gone through in life, you know, and I haven't, I didn't, you know, we only, and I feel like we only touched on a a smidget of (laughs) it. We did. (laughs) Um, But there's always room to come back, right? Because, (laughs) (laughs) yes. (laughs) But, you know, when we always get to the other side of it, we're like, oh, you know what? Man, that that was easy. Um, You know, you just got to have that faith. The faith and knowing that God has you in his hand, yeah. right? He's not going to, he's not going to let you go. Right. Um, find those friends that have your best interest at heart. Surround yourself with good people. Right. Good people are a must. 
Yeah. People are going to be honest with you. People are going to let you vent. People are going to let you cry. Um, I've got some Tundra Gatewoods in my life. I've got some Sharon Newton's in my life. I got some Dana Butler's in my life. I got, I can go on and on and on, but I've got people in my life who will let me vent and complain. Right. And then they might have to set me straight. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you gotta have good people and family is important. Like, um, be honest with your family. You know, I think for a long time, um, as a as a young woman, I wasn't honest with my family. Ooh. Um, I wasn't honest with them about what I was going through in life and um, the things I dealt with. And so, I think when I was finally honest with them, um, my brother, my brother was just telling me this um, that. He's like, you're a lot stronger than the people I gave you credit for. And he was like, and it, it just makes me so proud. So I think people thought they had to take care of me. <laughs> mm. And it's great that they thought that. And and um and I probably did some, like I said, some silly things. Like I said, being in an abusive relationship um in college. I think my my family felt they they had to watch out for me. Um but knowing that I'm you know, to me, it's like, hey, I survived that. I got, I got through that. I got over that. Um, so I did that with having the right people in my lives, in my life. So you, you just have to have that. You right. You know who has your best interest in heart, and those who don't, we know it. <laughs> we don't probably want to admit it sometimes because we kind of want to want to follow with the crowd, and we don't want to be the person that's not the cool kid or the, or, you know, the cool girl. Um, but be you be you, you have to step outside and, and just, um, in order to have a life that, that's gonna be the best for you, you have to just step aside of what everybody thinks um, or what they're gonna think about you yeah. and um, just just be you. Surround yourself with good people, be you, be honest with yourself. And I think that'll get you to the other side of anything. Cause if I, I feel like if I can get to the other side of all of these things that I've been through, um, that anybody can. He's not a respectable person. You know, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Okay, sorry, because you know I'll start preaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so that whole be honest with your family, that, that, that left me speechless because that is who we are in my opinion, the most dishonest with. Yeah. Because we fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, in some cases, your family already know, but they just not going to say anything until you say something, right? Depending on what it is. And you know, some families, they just be calling you out, telling them all your business. And <laughs> 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 But I, I thank you for hitting on that, though, because that that is so important. Like, you have to be honest with your family because that's how, from my perspective, how you heal. That's how you break generational curses. Mm -hmm. And that is just how you break through and start to live your life. 
So you have to be honest. For those of you listening, you got to be honest with your family. Those family secrets, you got to be honest. You got to talk about that stuff, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it may cause some friction in your family. Like you have to talk about that stuff because what you don't talk about affects your life (laughs) and your kid's life Mm -hmm. and how you interact with your spouse, how you interact with people. And I know because um, I had a situation in my family where I was violated by a family member. I'm so protective of my kids. Like I've suppressed some of these things and I've talked about some of these things, you know, and I was younger at the time, but I realized that that had an effect on me in more ways than one, how I felt about myself, how I loved myself or how I didn't love myself, um, how I react with my children i'm very protective of them i will they will not be in anyone else's presence unless i am there or i say it's okay so i I thank you for hitting on that point be honest with your family because we know we don't get to choose our family but being honest is important (laughs) you know Having been, you know, divorced um, the numerous times, mm-hmm. I, I, me and my family used to tease me about it, right? And so instead of saying, you know, that hurts or that really bothers me, mm-hmm. um, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed in this in in the marriage for so long because I didn't want my family to tease me about Michelle being divorced again, like right. you know, make the jokes. So I'm like, I lived my life miserably. Right. Um, it was very, I mean, you know how dark it was. It, it was, it was, I can't even describe, you know, between the, the weight loss. I mean, dropping my, dropping down to like 99 pounds. You know, um, the, the, the just back and forth that I, I stayed in that. And I stayed in it, honestly, because I did not want to be teased by my family right and i've never you know, it's probably first time never hearing this so mm. sorry family but yes I, I i did that and then when i was honest with them about it, like they were like we didn't know we knew that it wasn't where i should have been they knew that i shouldn't have been in marriage um but they didn't tell me that um but they didn't know i was staying in that because i thought they were gonna make fun of me or joke joke about it and I just couldn't take the, the joke and the, the joking anymore like I was staying in a marriage just so I didn't have to hear about it right so honesty people honesty yes yeah that's, thank you for bringing up that being honest with your family I just feel like it's so important because we do you know sometimes no matter how strong we appear to be um what our family thinks in some cases matters to some people mm-hmm. And and that be honest with yourself. Well, we all know <laughs> looking in the mirror, you're like, girl, I don't even know who you are right now. But okay, we how long are we gonna do this, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I do thank you for dropping those jewels. Yeah, you know, those hit me. I was like, ooh, family. Ooh. <laughs> be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes we do get caught up in situations where 
we know we're not supposed to be there or we know this person isn't the right one for us or we know this is not where we're supposed to be and we won't be honest about it because of the things that come along with that, whether it's starting over or letting certain people go or, you know, those different things. So thank you for that. (laughs) These jewels, baby, these jewels. (laughs) Oh, Michelle. So as you know, we can talk forever. Yes. And I do plan on having you back because we did only just touch the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always feel like these conversations, especially when they're unscripted, they're exactly what God has for this time and this moment, you know, for the listeners. So with that, I would like to ask you if you could speak life into those that are listening. And I always like to ask, you know, you all to do that because there's someone who has heard your story who is going to be forever changed. Um, There's someone who is listening who, listening to you, they know that they can keep going Mm -hmm. despite what it looks like right now. So if at this moment, ma'am, could you please speak life into those who are listening? So I'm I'm gonna tell you where I'm I'm being led to go. to that person who feels like they've given up hope, um, that they don't feel like there's a way out. Um, there is that voice in your head that's telling you you're less than what you are. You are an overcomer. Um, you're an overcomer. Um, the other side is going to be amazing. Don't let the enemy convince you otherwise. Don't let anyone or anything make you feel like you're not who God ordained you to be. You've got a purpose and you've got a calling on your life. It's going to be amazing. Keep moving. Um, Don't stop. God has amazing things in store for you. Right. Ooh. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, you was you was saying the words and the girl, I was like, okay, let me yes, ma'am. So there you go, dope souls. Life has been spoken. Um you all know that I am a firm believer that words matter and I need you to know that this too shall pass. Um, Even though it looks different right now, you're going to be okay. So with that being said, Michelle, I love you. Um, I thank you for sharing your story because I know not many people know it. And this was a step in a different direction. Um, And I thank you for trusting me 
to be the one to help you tell that story. So with that being said, dope souls, until next time, and remember, we all have the ability to speak life, and we all have a story to tell, and there's someone who is waiting to hear yours, and when they do, they are going to reach their destiny. Sis, thank you for listening to the She Speaks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media platforms with your family, friends, and coworkers. I would also love to hear how the show has impacted you in your life. Feel free to leave me a message via Anchor or follow me on Instagram at the She Speaks. Until next time, walk in who you are, adjust your crown, and stand tall, sis. We all have a story to tell and there's someone out there who needs to hear yours.